0: Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast, unofficially the official podcast at Denver Comic-Con 2014 and beyond. I am Ryan. With me always is... James. And... Brad. And for two weeks in a row... Bree. Bree, what's up, buddy?
1: Man, I'm glad to be back.
0: We're glad to have you back. Of course, if you're looking for a barbecue sauce, go to your local area Ace Hardwares and pick up some... Birdman Barbecue in spicy and original and you can also get some of that sweet rub. Worst day of
2: my life. I went to Ace Hardware they were sold out.
0: But the best day of the life for Birdman Barbecue. So make sure you pick that up. It's the Sauce Baby. Also, if you're listening to this you're like, oh, my earbuds suck dick. We have earbuds that don't suck dick. They eat that sweet pussy. It's tweaked audio <laughs> earbuds log on yep. to tweakedaudio.com type real nerds into the promo code R E E L N E R D S and you'll get a third off your whole order no matter how many you order you get it off
2: you got to watch your language a little bit there are children dressed up like yeah. you know hey, hey, there's, there's ninja whoa. turtle children there around
3: is, here there will be whoa, 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 there's look there's whoa. a right where's all your stuff <laughs> your TV's gone. Your DVDs are missing. What? What? Also, your house is way bigger. Than yeah, your house is huge.
0: And uh, kind of a special occasion, guys. We are broadcasting live from Rocky Mountain Con here at beautiful downtown Denver. Um, we're at the Crown Plaza Hotel next to DIA. Uh, this con is support of Aurora Rise, which, of course, is the fund, uh, the fundraiser, the charity that helps families that were affected by the Century 16 theater shooting. And if you're in the neighborhood on November 12th at the Movie Tavern, go and see Master Bree. Jeez. Watch your back.
2: Oh, oh man. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I I could, I could just just say randomly thing. walking up. He was
1: about to be assassinated. Yeah, I was about to be assassinated <laughs> by Xbox One sucks. a Spartan.
2: <laughs> you just wanted to get that spark
1: and punch
0: you
2: in the face um,
0: so, <laughs> Their guns are cool. so yeah they help out And on November 12th if you're in Aurora the movie tavern is having a special screening of Thor the Dark World which we saw this week stay we tuned did. for that um, and you'll also help support Aurora Rise it's always if, good Yeah, November 12th Aurora movie tavern go down there check it out thank you Rocky Mountain Con for letting us be here so if you're like oh wow it sounds like they're really popular there's lots of background noise No, nope, we're just here at the con and hanging out that's right. And if you're also wondering, too, hey, what, what do the real nerds do? Every week we go see a new movie. I already mentioned this week we saw Thor, The Dark World. Stay tuned for the review. We do spoil the review, so make sure you see the movie before you listen to our review yeah we tell you if you see it or not we play the trailer then we spoil the hell out of the movie so make sure you stay tuned for that we also talk about movie news stuff we've been watching a comic book you got a comic book for me this week i do awesome and also box office numbers what's coming out on blu-ray and dvd lots of movie stuff pop culture stuff and i always love to start our show with brad's new favorite segment fan mail
3: Uh, once again, the second week in a row that I've been doing this, there is no mail.
0: Okay. (laughs) So uh, they must (laughs) be (laughs) saying something to
2: us. Uh, I've got a little something that we haven't done a really good job of promoting this one just because, um, we were waiting for them to get back to us and they never did. And anyway, long story short, next Saturday in the evening, uh, there is a concert. The, The Colorado Symphony is doing a concert of all like geek themed music. Uh, and it's sort of a... I don't know if it's just a fundraiser or a promotion. Um, obviously, this is one of those things they didn't get us, like, copy back to tell us exactly what it is. Um, but it's for Denver Comic-Con. So if that sounds awesome, which it does, you should go to and uh, look that up, get you some tickets, go listen to some badass music.
1: I wonder I wonder if it's similar to, like, that Video Games Live where they, you know, they oh, play. Probably, I think it is, okay. yeah. yeah. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I know
2: they're going to have, like, a lot of uh, cosplayers there and stuff like that and yeah. um, really make it into an event. It seems like it's going to be really cool. And um, since we're also helping
0: out friends, um, and we really don't have fan mail, we did get some retweets and replies. Um, Tiffany Shepis, who we met at Mile High Horror, oh yeah. oh. Um, she is uh, <laughs> <Pretty> <laughs> she is very, pretty. Yes, <laughs> very, very <laughs> pretty. She did a short for the ABC's Death Part 2 for the 26th director, and it's called M is for Matchmaker, and it's very good. And it also features Felisa Rose from Sleepaway Camp, and also our buddy Jonathan Tierston supplies the song Love is Strange for the For the short. So go on there, check it out, and vote for it so they can be included in the ABCs of Death Part 2 as the M for Matchmaker. Check it out. It's really cool. Just have to go to abcsdeath.com, and you can look it up. And there's a lot of other ones on there. Some of them are cool, but this one's pretty interesting. Tiffany Shepis plays a matchmaker, and she's trying to set this guy up with a date. That's all I'll say. It's a really yeah. short short. It's really good. It, very good trailer. Really I've seen it. <laughs> yeah. We've yeah. really yeah. seen it. So, Bree, did you vote for it? To-
1: um, I, I didn't go I didn't vote for it, I think, because I, I was doing something else, but I will vote for it. It's definitely very, very interesting, and I, I like the little clip that I saw.
0: And if you yeah. want to download the full copy of Jonathan Tearsten's Love is Strange, you can do that now directly on his website, com.
2: It's really cool. He told us about that at My High Horror Fest. Uh, I think we have a, was, we have an interview with him that we, we could probably put up. We do, we do, um, and he, he recorded it for like this remake of Planet Nine from Outer Space, mm-hmm. sort of, um, which I've seen trailers for the for the remake. Eh, not not my cup of tea, but this song is awesome. Yeah, like it's he does a
0: really great job. And he's good too live. If I mean me and James saw him at Starfest and he was rocking pretty hard. Yeah. Um. So yeah, and Tiffany Shephus was nice enough to follow us on Twitter. So I love when yeah. like actors follow us on Twitter. Um, I, my, one of my favorite bragging moments lately is when we saw Delivery at Telluride Horror Show. I wrote a review of it on our website, and the actress in it, Lauren Vale, she, she took my quote and put it on her website and a link to our website. So That's cool. Oh, that's I'm awesome. like, oh, cool, an actress. <laughs> she, she put my quote on her website about how great she was in the movie. <laughs> so, she she was really good, yeah. Check out Delivery. It's good if it comes to your town. They're in England right now touring. Oh, really?
2: Yeah. Man.
3: I wonder. I, I really. I'm curious to know what they think of uh, Devils Do. Yeah, that, coming out that shitty-looking movie yeah. <laughs> that looks like the same plot. Same plot, but more money behind it. Kind yeah. of the same and
2: plot, but it's yeah. not as not as cool, not as stylistic. Yeah. yeah, you
3: know the whole the whole like way
2: that um, delivery is made is what makes that movie. Yeah, and the thing that's so uh, special.
0: Kind of, uh, we were talking about this last night in January. I'm pretty sure it's three straight weeks of found footage supernatural movies. Really. I'm not even joking. I yeah. think the first week is at uh, Devil's Do or whatever. What is it called? Is it called Devil's Do? Devil's due? Due, yeah, yeah. Um, and then it's the the Mexican uh, Paranormal Activity, Marked Ones.
2: Oh, is that? The Marked Ones, yeah. yeah. Is that the first one that comes out?
0: Yep. And then there's another one that is, I don't remember what it is, but. Stupid. Is yeah. i am tell you what, it's not going to be Hansel and Gretel. I know that for Oh, <laughs> ah, man,
2: I want another Hansel and Gretel movie.
0: Oh, we have iFrankenstein this year, so maybe... Oh, that's right! Maybe iFrankenstein. Fingers crossed. All right. I can, Fingers I can, crossed I can, for iFrankenstein. I cool. So uh, thank you, everybody, who tweeted us, replied to our tweets. Uh, stay tuned, November 29th. We will have Pods Show Episode 4 debuting. At the Oriental Theater, correct? 26th. 26th? Yeah. 29th is, I think, Thanksgiving. What the fuck am I talking about? Yeah. 26th. So the week (laughs) Cancel your Thanksgiving plans and come out to see- The week of Thanksgiving, though, everyone will be in town. If you're in Denver, go to the Oriental Theater and check out our pod show, episode four, called Ghost Trappers. Yep. It's really funny. Brad has been showing me some cuts of it. It's turning out pretty good. Yeah?
3: Yeah. I don't know anymore. I've seen it so much. <laughs> yeah, Brad when, doesn't like it anymore because when you edit a uh, sh- a short over like two months, like you kind of lose perspective.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, and the thing that sucks is uh, this one. We were me and Brad were joking because he's looking at my Hobbit Blu-ray, and we could have an extended cut of this because and alternate takes of so many things. So we had to reshoot so many things. Yeah, yeah. So this one will be good when it's up on the screen and out <laughs> we of shot our shot stuff this done morning psyche too. Psyche for a long time. Yeah, um, cool. So. The next part of the show is we talk about movies or TV shows we've been watching.
3: Uh, this order again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Fuck you, Brad. What order you do you uh, want to
3: do? The one that's not the one we usually do. <laughs> always. All
2: right. What do you want to do first? <laughs> yeah, you say it then.
0: Uh, you
3: you uh, host this show. Oh, Now it's on me. Yeah. Uh, no, let's, it's not let's, on anybody. Let's knock out those box office and um, release things. All right. All right. I I, I cool. need the host to announce it cuz I can't. Cool.
0: So, what I watched this week, guys, is I watched several <laughs> things. I uh
2: This is the box office stats.
0: Damn it. Uh the number one movie in box office this week is Ender's Game, $28 million.
2: They're saying it they don't know if it's a success yet
0: or if it's a failure. Yeah. Um because we'll it,
3: it
2: cost them like $110 million to make.
3: Yeah. Looking right. a movie with like that scope, it's all right. We do a show. You know, they're looking talk. for an uh, opening of like sixty million. Yeah, but it's, sixty it's, eighty again.
0: It's uh, sci-fi movies are a tough sell. They're always they've always been a tough sell. Whether it's unless it's Star Wars or Star Trek, and even before they rebooted Star Trek, I know it went through some tough times. Yeah, oh, uh, yeah. ticket sales wise. So well,
2: I, I think that in their mind, they were like, "Oh, this is gonna launch it." Fucking Hunger Games numbers, where you know, because that's clearly the audience they're going after. You know, they're they're trying to make this a tween. Action movie, but uh, it didn't. It didn't quite work.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I I think sometimes when the movies fail, though, I think um, you know, hopefully they get the budget afterwards to make the movie that people, the fans, want to see.
0: Yeah, Mm -hmm. and and, you know, Ender's Game, I thought was really good. So, I have a feeling that it might make about seventy eighty million dollars in the u s and it yeah. should make its money back overseas, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and so it,
2: they'll probably make another one yeah well, there there was news this week that they what they're thinking is that they might make like a a TV movie or a TV miniseries mm. as a sequel, uh, which is the only world in which I would believe that a sequel to this movie would be Speaker for the Dead if they did it on TV, then they could do that, but uh, that'
0: network net- TV though
2: oh yeah no i don't want it on network tv please don't put it on network tv oh oh the cw they would totally put that shit on the cw and just be like oh yeah here's just some kids and they kind of love each other and oh, the world is so hard sometimes but we get through oh man i don't want that show on cw um we'll see we'll see
0: uh but yeah uh, i'd like to see another movie of it. i thought it was good um, and the- so let's, uh, see what's Amazon has for us. All right. Via digital bits.
2: DVD releases the
0: man of Steel is the big one. Yeah. I already pre-ordered mine. Oh yeah. Yeah. Do you know if you go to target, you can get a different version of man of steel <laughs> with features that are, are unavailable anywhere else.
3: Did you know that are if you go? To-
2: no, I'm not kidding.
0: Really? Walmart,
3: yeah. You can oh, also get a different version of it. Are they
2: really doing that again?
3: Well, that that different version is a Steelbook. Because I just wanted oh, to okay. that right. if you're looking for a Steelbook of Man of Steel, which is the most appropriate DVD <laughs> combination I can think of, go to Walmart. I'll be going.
2: What's the special feature that they have at Target? That they don't uh, have it else? is like
0: X-ray or something. I don't. I forget the what it. X-ray was. X-ray vision <laughs> version. Yeah. Right through your TV. <laughs> no, naked. It's, it's like four featurettes. I don't know. I I did huh. that for. I got Amazing Spider-Man at Target. Yeah. Because it came with an extra disc, and it was like twenty minutes of. I really enjoy working with him, a stone. It's, it's just the EPKs all <laughs> <Yeah>. taped together. <laughs> Bandaged yeah. together. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's um, no So fun. Man of
2: Steel, there's like two ridiculous collector's uh, sets as yeah. well. There's, there's one that comes with like two figurines, like a Zod and a, a Superman, and then there's one that's shaped like the, man, the, uh, the Superman logo. Um, it's just crazy. Anyway. Dude, um, Logan is at every convention we do. I know, right? Keith. Hi, Keith. <laughs> I already said hi to him. I'm just going to stare awkwardly he, you know, at him. Know, his
0: costume's really cool, except his shoes. His shoes should be boots.
2: Yeah. Uh, it's because he's got to go to work in a little while. Oh. He's not actually here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, just this morning, he was like, ah, I'll throw on the coat and the gloves and, and go, as, go as Wolverine. But it was a, a last minute Is, he, a is he haunted by his past? Well, he uh, can't maybe. because he already's wearing yeah. his dog tags,
0: so he knows who he That's is true. now. That's true.
2: Yeah. <laughs> What's up? How you doing, man? What's up, bro? We're,
0: we're, we're just commenting that Logan was here.
2: Yeah. Oh, man, I, I like that belt buckle. Is that your belt buckle or is that Logan's belt buckle? That's racist. That's pretty good.
1: No, that's Apache uh, Chief. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh my God.
0: He's wearing a Redskin belt buckle. Oh, I am offended beyond pre- belief. That's pretty good. Apache Chief. He is oh, a, man. a Canuck wearing guy. Redskin belt buckle. What, What's wrong with the world? Oh. Yeah, hey, that's true.
2: <laughs> so like, it's okay if a Canadian does it. <laughs> Good, seeing Good seeing you, Keith. <laughs> um, all right, so also this week, uh, Turbo comes out. You know that movie about the snail mm-hmm. that nobody saw? Um, the Blu-ray for the last season of Dexter, as well as the awesome. whole collection of oh, the series. Oh, dude, I'm there. That <laughs> I can sense your snark, sir. The Blu-ray collection is actually really cool. It's, it looks it's cool, a, yeah. It's a um, a blood slide container, so you like it opens up from the top, and it's all the discs inside. Um, which, if you've seen the show, you know why that's awesome. Um, there is also a Criterion edition of City Lights, which is, is kind of cool. I might actually pick that up just to see an old uh, black and white. I believe Charlie Chaplin. It is Charlie yeah, Chaplin. Yeah.
0: Have you watched it? He's really good in his movies. Oh yeah, I've no. watched. I love The Great Dictator. Yeah. Um, I think it's his first talking movie, too, and he's fantastic it in is. it.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I Declare War gets its Blu-ray release, hey, which right. I might have to run over to the Alamo and pick that up. Yeah. Um, there's also a uh, David Chase's movie from this year, Not mm-hmm. Fade Away, uh, comes out this week. And there's a Blu-ray release of Akira for all the Akira! for all the fans of, of Akira. Kaneda! Akira! Akira! <laughs> Tetsuo. <laughs> I really fucking hate Akira. I've never liked that
0: movie. I've never seen it. It's like the last 20 <laughs>
2: minutes is just that.
0: Uh,
3: <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it's then all right. finally, I can't wait for
0: Kano Reeves to be Akira, though. Uh,
2: there's a DVD release of the German horror film Grabbers, uh, which yeah. we did not get to see at Telluride Horror Show last year because we were interviewing um, the people from The Battery. Uh, it but was at they the Film at Center. A, oh, was it? Yeah. Did you get a chance to see it? No. Oh, okay. Um, I've, I've heard ridiculous things about it. So yeah, if, well, you, remember if you want, like, a silly, campy horror film, go get I tell the you right, it was
0: their drink a beer and yell back at the screen. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was a movie.
2: get drunk and watch this movie. Yeah, so.
0: <laughs>
3: uh, the premise the was that drinking alcohol keeps the monsters from eating you because they don't want to get intoxicated. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, so. yeah. Which is an interesting premise. Yeah, yeah.
2: it is. And especially if, if it's a movie that gets better when you're drunk while you watch it, it is perfect. So. Anyway, that's DVDs this week. Cool. Hey, what's happening in the movie world? Are we going to do news next? Wait, let's check with Brad. Oh,
0: yeah, Brad's running the show now.
3: How do you feel about doing news next, Brad? Give me a second. Okay. Yes, I approve of this. Okay.
0: Brad approves this message.
3: (laughs) It's real news.
2: Some, Some big stuff happened this week. Not necessarily surprising, but still big. Uh, blockbuster shut down Oh
0: man um, The one Blockbuster in Colorado Is right by my house I know
2: I loved going to that store It's actually
0: like really Did you busy. ever go to Blockbuster Spree
1: Oh man I had a bad experience With Blockbusters. I, every every time my brother Used to rent games I would always get stuck With the late fee So i go in there Pick up a game And they'd be like Oh you gotta pay this late fee So oh. You know so I, I mean I, But I used to go there a lot though. So
2: you really just had a problem With your brother <laughs>
1: Yeah <laughs> That's what you're really saying My brother in Blockbuster
2: <laughs> Yeah I used to work at a Blockbuster It was It was my first job yeah. And I loved that place like I, I would not be the film person that I am now if not for working oh. there and like having that community of people who, who would like the the, the first week or so that I got there, there was this guy uh, named Jeff. And, and he was just Fuck like, yeah. I'm just going to tell you every week, I'm going to tell you a movie from the wall that you should see. And the first one he told me was The Machinist. And from then on, like any movie really? he told me I should see, I watched it. That's cool. Yeah. And so it's how I saw like Roger Dodger and, and The Machinist and mm-hmm. stuff like that that I never would have found without a, a store like that. That's cool. Yeah, it's so um, funny.
0: I, I'm writing an article for our website that I meant to put up on Halloween, but it's taken me so fucking long. It's, it's ridiculous. It's a 101 of my favorite horror films. And I remember when Blockbuster, when during his heyday, um, i don 't know if you remember this, but they used to get like the straight to d v d or at my time video cassettes of horror movies, and me and my friend Brandon would just go up and down the aisles and we 'd say, "Oh, this cover looks cool yeah and we we 'd rent them and most of them were dog shit, but like <laughs> you, you, I, I miss that like just uh, going in there, and you know you 're hoping that behind the d v uh, the video cassette art is the the cassette tape and the blockbuster logoed clamshell and yeah um
3: one of the things I used oh, to love man. about Blockbuster, especially in the '90s, is they like they still had cassettes for movies from the '70s and '80s. Yeah. Uh, now you go like, just before they're about to die, like it's mostly just like many, many copies of the most recent studio stuff. Yeah. So yeah. not as fun to, to like discover things.
0: Yeah. But it is interesting. I read the the press release by the CEO of Dish, who owns Blockbuster now, and he said our customers have spoken. They don't want to come and rent movies anymore. They only want to digitally stream them. So Blockbuster, the, the brand isn't going away. It's yeah. going to be like Netflix. Yeah, well, because yeah.
2: Dish, Dish, Dish Network still owns Netflix. And, yeah, that that brand is not going to go away anytime soon. But it's such a crazy thing because, yeah, you go back to, like, the early 2000s. And what a friggin' powerhouse that thing oh, was. Yeah. Like, well, they, remember, they used to- people used to, like, straight up hate Blockbuster because it was going into towns and shutting down all the, like, local video yeah, stores. Yeah, they the Walmart. But they also used yeah. to
0: have exclusive deals with studios where they would get, I don't know, the Green Mile before anybody else, yeah. and they paid, like, 200 bucks for those cassettes. Yeah. And if you lost them, because I lost Species one time, it was $125. <laughs> Whoa. Really? Yeah. Man. Wow.
2: You didn't lose Species. You kept that.
0: I did, and I, I still have to it with my, my video cassette player. Actually, it's Alfred Molina for me. So, <laughs>
2: <laughs> Oh, I forgot Alfred Molina's in that. Oh, man.
0: But here's the bright,
3: to- the bright spot of this all. I think we should take over that Close It Down Blockbuster and create the Real Nerds Video Store. <laughs> yes. Real Nerds Video with all uh- the obscure, crazy stuff <laughs> that you should watch. <laughs>
2: That's not bad. And it's episodes
1: of Real Nerds Pod Show, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. and oh, a reporter for we'd be, free. We'd
2: be shut down in a month.
1: Yep. Don't forget the cowboy doors. <laughs> yeah, <The> cowboy doors. <laughs> Huge <laughs> porn section. Huge. Oh man,
2: it's just crazy. I I, sh- I clearly should have bought net um, like Netflix and Redbox stock at the beginning of the week because yeah, Blockbuster shuts down, and then two days later they announced that Marvel is going to make four series and a mini series on Netflix, um, cool. which is going to be. Daredevil and awesome. um, Iron, Fist, Iron Fist and Luke, um, uh, Luke Cage. Luke, yeah, nah. Luke Cage, and then that lady I've never heard of. Have, do you know who this person is? Uh, Je- Je- Jessica Jeff- Jones. Jessica Jones, yeah, she's badass.
0: Who is Jessica Jones? She is um, a superhero investigator. Ooh. And she's, she has superhuman powers, but she doesn't let anybody know. No. Yeah. And it's based on uh, Brian Michael Bendis loves her in his comic Max uh, on the Marvel Max line called Alias. Stars Jessica Jones oh, as a really? detective. That's what Alias is yeah, about. Yeah, it's, it stars a, a detective in the Marvel universe. She's pretty badass. Oh, okay, and cool. There's a great uh, uh Bendis wrote a thing called The Pulse, and in it, she is uh threatened by the Green Goblin, and Luke Cage almost kills the Green Goblin in it because of it. So it's pretty fun. That sounds pretty good. I so yeah, bet you like Netflix cool now, huh?
3: Huh? I bet you like Netflix now, huh?
0: Uh, no, I don't. No, I still don't watch it very much. Not even with Marvel oh, shows on it. You'll watch I'll watch it. it for the Marvel stuff. I mean, I watched it obviously for Arrested Development. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: So now that now well, the question seven bucks a week. Now not the question is whether or not they're going to cast uh, what was his name Isaiah Mustafar as uh, as Luke Cage. Remember him? He was the oh, guy. Yeah, yeah. He was like the original. Um, well, not the original, but. That guy that really made the Old Spice commercials popular—he <laughs> was that like big, buff-looking black guy. Right. It was just hilarious. <laughs> oh
0: man, he was so good. Yeah, he, he did not he make did... it popular. You know, Bruce Campbell started the first one. No, of No, yeah, no,
2: I know. You heard me correct myself. <laughs> Bruce Campbell was the first like crazy, wacky Old Spice commercial. Do you remember that one, Bree? I Bruce, seen that Bruce Campbell was walking
0: one. in the background, and the background was just like. Or was he sitting down and the background was moving behind him? It was, yeah. it was really bizarre. He was I talking think he's the sitting because then, yeah.
2: then in the next one, that's when he's playing piano and yeah. all the women are around him. And he's like, ahoy. Yeah. yeah.
0: It's, <laughs> uh, that, that, that first one, though, where there's a fireplace and it's spinning in the background. Yes. Yes. Where he says, you're only a man if you wear Old Spice. And since I'm such a man. It's something like that where he talks about how manly
2: he is. Yeah. It's really good. <laughs> it is, man. Um, actually, speaking of Bruce Campbell, let's just skip ahead to the sad news. Uh, which is that in an interview this week, uh, Bruce Campbell pretty much said that right now Army of Darkness is not a reality. That mm. that you know he and Sam Raimi. have Oh, said Army of Darkness is real. It's a Army sequel. Of it's... Too. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Army of Darkness Two. Yeah, sorry. Army of Darkness Two is not
0: real yet. Um, not I think, yet, but yeah, I, but when you read his quote, like right. the the, 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 ar- the headline going. of the article is really misleading. Yes, it is because he said until the studio greenlights it, then it's just a rumor. Right but i have if uh we'll put up an interview we did with timothy quill um, at mile high horror really soon and in the mile high horror timothy quill is the blacksmith from army of darkness where he goes
2: oh stand by yeah
0: and uh <laughs> and he he told us that the script is almost done and he's read it and it's yeah. really good.
2: Yeah, I mean they they are working on the movie. Yeah. I, I think the issue is that like, yeah, the internet took this and ran with it and was like, There's gonna be a release date announced next mm-hmm. week. That's not true. You know, like I was I've been watching some of the special features on the the Hobbit Extended Edition, and even that movie, like right up to the line, was not greenlit. And until oh, it's yeah. greenlit, it's not real. Well I and mean that's that's sort of yeah. more what he's saying, is that like, look, we don't have a studio that signed on for this, like mm-hmm. there is There is no guarantee this movie ever actually gets made. Like, just because we all sit around in our closets and are like, oh, man, wouldn't it be cool if Ash came back and this happened? Like, yeah, we all want that, but it's not real yet. And, Um, too, uh,
0: the article doesn't mention, too, that Sam Raimi is not really taking any jobs right now because he's trying to get this made. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Mr. uh, Quill pulled me aside before he sat down and he was telling me all about it. And he didn't say anything on our show, so I'm not going to say exactly what he said to me. Yeah. But they've pretty much finished the script, and now it's just Sam's waiting to make it. Yeah,
2: he's got to find— Because
0: he's taking a break. I mean, you, you have to remember, too, Sam Raimi went from 10 years making Spider-Mans, went into Drag Me to Hell, which is a great story on our interview, yeah. and then yeah. uh, Oz. he did uh, Oz. And yeah. so I think he's kind of taking it back. And I think he's going to go back to Army of Darkness, a little smaller budget, and mm-hmm. having a little more fun.
2: Oh, for sure, which will be really cool. What a cool
0: picture, Bruce. You know what that's from? That's from the (laughs) the Evil Dead 2 25th Anniversary Edition. You're ridiculous.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, We also got a release date for Star Wars this week. It's December 18th, 2015, which, like we talked about last week, that that movie is going to, you know, they don't want that movie to not, drop in 2015 but sure enough they pushed it back and I still expect that when we get closer they're going to push it back to that next summer too. I, I can't see them actually keeping that release date. Really? But I think they can do it. I think they can they're do They're going to start it. filming
0: in the spring. Uh, yeah, so I, then you have a year to make the special effects. I think it'll be alright.
2: Yeah. Uh, and Christmas is probably a really good release time for that. It'll, it'll um, make shit loads of would be it, it'd basically have the Hobbit or the Lord of the Rings slot for yeah. that year. Yeah. Um, which and is, is I, I, not a bad time for No, I was to
0: reading, too, um, one of the reasons why I was reading an article on Variety. And they said they think they did that because if you release it in December, then you have January and February to play th- throughout. And yeah. so you're just
2: milking when When, when everybody else is dumping their garbage, yep. It'll you, just can, continue you can still be the number one movie. I think it's
1: being pushed back because they're probably planning on releasing the Millennium Falcon as a town car. So, <laughs> uh, so uh, uh, I buy it. <laughs> oh, dude.
3: Bree's going to be there on, uh, I don't know, whatever dealership's first day. <laughs> like, sign me up.
1: Like the Tesla. <laughs> we oh, can't approve dude. this loan. you approve this loan? If it were Tesla, that'd be pretty good. Uh, um, I-,
2: I missed one little bit of news, actually, with the Marvel thing that there is ABC is going to get a second show, too. Uh, but we don't know what that's going to be yet. Uh, also, they announced this week, you guys will love this, that Saw 8 is going to come out. They're going to go back to making more Saw movies. Cool. Do you. I I haven't even seen Beyond the second one. So is there anything in those movies worth I think I think the to? sixth one's
0: really good. Yeah. Um, the sixth one kind of uh, makes 4 and 5 watchable because they tie up the loose ends with... Um, I, I still think um, John Kramer's a really interesting character. That's the Jigsaw guy, right? Uh, Jigsaw, yeah. yeah. Um, and and watching... Actually, Laura put in Saw 3 uh, a couple of weeks ago. And watching Saw 3 is still really good, too. Yeah. Um, where you think it's going one way, and then at the end, he kind of tells that that Amanda girl that you know, he's the game was actually for her; it wasn't for these people that you thought were in the game because she was just killing people, and he always had a a reason why. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And I think Saw Six actually has my favorite trap in it is when they're on the, they're on this
3: merry-go-round, merry-go-round
0: I guess you'd call it, and uh, there's a shotgun, and if it stops on you, you get your head blown off, and it's really like suspenseful and intense, and I thought it, it was really well done hmm. and
3: gory as fuck. I watched seven last night. Yeah,
0: yep. seven's not bad either.
3: Yeah, I think uh, I fell asleep before I got to the end, but um, it was cool how they made Carrie El- Elway's the new Jigsaw guy. Which, yeah.
2: oh, is that what happens? Surprise! Cool.
3: Um, I guess so. I although I, I I don't remember the end, so I don't know if he got his in the end. Uh,
0: no, that's what happens. Remember uh, the what was the, what's the cop's name? Hoffman. Hoffman. Yeah. Hoffman kills Jigsaw's Danny wife. Danny Glover. And then he thinks he's getting away, and then Carrie Elway's kills Hoffman.
3: Yeah, so I think Carrie Elway's could make like a good John Kramer. Well, I'll take it. Uh, I love Carrie Elway's as another guy who's changed by you know Jigsaw's. Yeah, because uh, that plan. one
0: it starts with uh, the Jigsaw support group or people who have survived his traps.
3: Yeah, Sean Patrick Flannery's like uh, oh, exploiting. Yeah, all the victims. Patrick
2: Flannery's in it now. Yeah, it's yeah. actually a pretty cool movie. It's yeah. pretty well done. They gotta bring back Danny Glover. I want more Danny Glover. He's dead. I don't care. <laughs> They'll find a way. He, didn't he fall and shoot his head off? <laughs> yeah, uh, he, he, he gets shot in the first movie by like the shotgun in the hallway. Yeah, yeah.
3: No, no, that was his partner gets shot by oh. the shotgun. Oh, is he is like looks up and like bam. Oh, no. that's right. When uh, did I see him in the I movie? F- he gets his throat cut and then. Oh, that's right. That's right. But he comes see, back he with the scar and then I forget. I think he's he's struggling with Michael.
2: Do you remember how
0: Danny
3: I've never Glead? seen any of the Oh, what's songs? that guy? No? The guy who did the Joker voice. He's from Lost.
2: Oh, Michael Emerson?
3: Michael Emerson, yeah, he's struggling with him. And I think he just gets like shot oh. in the chest. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he just gets shot in the heart.
2: That's right, that's right, that's um, right. Oh, I remember uh, Danny Glover didn't need a heart. He's got like three <laughs> of them.
3: Uh, <laughs> Two
2: days to retirement. Dude, too I'm too, for too old, old
3: for this shit. Sorry, I was going to say. <laughs> Damn it. Totally sidetracked me.
2: Uh, what do you want from a Saw 8 movie?
3: Oh, yeah, I I, yeah, I was just saying, Carrie Always could just be another... G- oh, oh yeah. What I was going to say is watching the final chapter not in 3D for the first time, it was interesting. Yeah. Because I didn't notice any of the... Tra- like, nothing they were doing ever tipped me off to, like, uh, like it was engineered t- for 3D. Like, there's n- like there's stuff pointing at the screen, but the way it's flat, it just it didn't register to me as 3D. So, it just says how unnecessary the 3D oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, was. And, and I have the,
0: the DVD, per- too, and its transfer is horrible. Is like- it? It's really cloudy and grainy.
3: Oh, was all right. You just have the DVD. Yeah, the he has. DVD. He just yeah, has the DVD. Did um, you notice? Maybe it's just me. It might have been just you. Yeah, look fine on my screen. Mm-hmm. Anywho, huh? That's not news. Uh,
2: very last tiny piece of news, and I just want to say this because I think it's awesome that The Rock is going to shoot a movie where he fights demons, and the title of the movie is going to be Team <laughs> Seal Team Six Six Six. Hell yeah! Which. It's just so dumb. Dude, that's it's awesome. I will, I will watch the shit out of that movie. Because The Rock is awesome. Yeah. Uh,
3: anyway, that's What's news for this week. about Cameron Diaz VO and A Dame to Die For and Justin Oh, those Lin. are
2: notes for th- that's other stuff. So we also got an old boy trailer this week. Hey, who cares? Um, I don't think it looks very good. Cameron Diaz did VO for The Counselor, so that's why part of why her performance is is not good and part of why that movie isn't as good as it could be. Um, what was the other? And the uh, fact just, that she's Cameron Diaz. Anybody remember no, the mask? No. I, hey, <laughs> I I said it in my little review that she is the reason that that movie, she she is a crutch of that movie and cannot pull it off. The mask would be so much better if the
0: rest of the actors were as good as Jim Carrey in it. Hey, Ipkis, freeze! I know I didn't want to yell into it.
2: <laughs> all right, you're, all right, unfreeze. You are actually, yeah, you're right man yeah i just always thought that movie wasn't actually that good but yeah yeah everyone else sucks
0: besides everyone else in that movie
2: really sucks
0: oh huh. i mean i love the part where he's catcalling in the the nightclub and he's acting like a looney tune love it interesting anyways that's news yeah this is stuff we've been watching fuck you brad so uh
2: yeah this is the stuff we've been watching
3: Fuck me! There's nothing else to to talk about.
2: <laughs> we could do comics. We could do, we do
0: the reviews. Oh yeah, talk about end the comics. Show do right comics. Now. No, fuck you! I already said we're doing movies. Uh, no,
3: no. Uh, okay, I'll let this one slide. You can talk about movies. <laughs> <All right. laughs> uh, we're only at a comic book convention. <laughs>
0: um, you know, I, again, I've been writing 101 of out. my favorite horror movies, and I thought it's really hypocritical of me that I've never seen um, some of the classics. Um, so there's how many of these classics
2: are there? He's been talking about these
0: classics know, for like three lots. weeks.
3: Horror movie. It, classic is I'm talking kind of universal.
0: A <laughs> I'm talking universal <laughs> monsters. Yeah, universal monsters. Yeah. Um, so this week I got the invisible man starring Claude rains, hmm. which is a awesome movie. Um, it, it starts really mysteriously. Claude rains is walking through snow blown England and he shows up at this, um, this inn that has a room and he asks for the room and he's all bandaged up. So he's already invisible. Yeah. Um, and he starts going mad wait, because... Wait, wait. He's invisible? He is. Oh, man. I never would have guessed. So he starts going mad because um, the side effect of this drug that he made in his invisible formula, part of the side effect is you go crazy when you take it. Um, but it was never tested on humans. They tested on dogs first, and the dogs went crazy. But no one told Claude so, Rains's character, who I forget his name in it.
3: So there's a bunch of invisible dogs running around? No, that'd
0: be awesome if it were. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, so the special effects of shot in 33 are actually pretty impressive. Um, there's parts where he takes the bandages off his head and there's nothing there. And I watched, uh, the, uh, there's a documentary on it, how they did it, and they put him in all black velvet. And they shot him against a screen and then they superimposed another layer of film over it. Smart. So it's pretty cool. Um, but it's, and in the movie he kills, I don't know, 200 people in it. Uh, wow. Yeah. And he has no remorse. Uh, he goes crazy. There's this one guy who's his colleague and he tries to save him. And it's actually my favorite moment in the whole movie because um, you know, he's all bandaged up and this guy's trying to help him so he doesn't kill any more people. And he takes him out on a drive and the invisible man like punches him and then he says, I hope you enjoy your trip down the side of this mountain and he like floors his car and the guy's car goes flying off and it blows up and it's really cool, like it's, and you don't expect him to be that violent, yeah. And uh, and he's pretty terrifying. Claude Rains is really good in the movie; um, cool. he's crazy and he commands the screen. And not, uh, you know, you think of Hollow Man with Kevin Bacon, <laughs> <laughs> which is the remake of it, but uh, it, it's it's really good. If you haven't seen The Invisible Man,
2: Kevin Bacon and an appearance by Rona Mitra, who we have a poster of. Oh, that's right. here somewhere, yeah. yeah, she's naked in it. Yeah. Maybe I should that see Hollow Man again. That, no, that <laughs>
0: movie's so bad. No, I'm going to see it because Rona is naked in it. <laughs> I'm doing it. You heard it here first on Real Nerds Podcast. <laughs> oh, good. Um, and then the last one I needed to see was The Mummy, the original Mummy starring Boris Karloff. Yeah. Which is really cool.
2: Um, wait, wait, let me hear Let me hear you say that Boris Karloff is a cocksucker. Boris Karloff is a cocksucker? It's an Ed Wood joke. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. <laughs> From Bela Lugosi. Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: and it's really well done too. It's m- maybe the weakest, I think, of the Universal monster movies. Mm. Um, not that it's a bad movie; it's actually still pretty good. But it, it follows basically the the remake of it, where um, he plays a mummy called Imhotep, and uh, he his car- sarcophagus has the scratches on the side because he was buried alive. Um, but it, it does play that his father's one who sent him to death in this one hmm. um, because he was um, he desecrated a virgin.
2: Oh, on, no. Uh,
0: and the mummy's really not in it, though. Like, And back then, I don't know if you guys know this, you weren't allowed to show somebody come out of a coffin. Hmm, really? Uh, in Dracula, if you watch Dracula, you always just see his hand come out. And then the next shot, Dracula's out of the coffin.
2: Where does that rule come from?
0: I don't know. Um, I guess it's because it's uh, sacrilegious, because Jesus came from the grave. Oh, um, so, interesting. And, so
2: if you made a movie about Jesus, could he come out of a coffin? And he you were like out a, a
0: coffin. he just push a boulder aside And walk
2: out Well yeah but like If you made like a modern version Where it was like Jesus but it was the 20s Maybe It was you know Maybe.
0: Roaring 20s Jesus And he's all doing the Charleston And stuff and dancing <laughs> yeah, um. yeah
2: No he <laughs> pops out of the coffin And starts doing the Charleston
0: But yeah so uh, The mummy makeup Is really really <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> He didn't hear what I said <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Brad said Buy war bonds <laughs> The, oh, sorry. So the,
0: the beginning is really cool because they found Imahotep's um, sarcophagus and he's in there and there's a part where they take this ancient scroll and they read from it and he starts becoming reanimated and there's this great shot of him like slowly like waking up and then it cuts to him stealing the scroll. It sucks because you never yeah. see and that's all you see of the mummy and the makeup's fantastic, um, but it's a bummer. Shoot, But it's really, it's suspenseful. It's really well, it's really well made. The The director was a German fr- uh, cinematographer named Ken Freund or something like that. And he was one of the pioneers of the moving camera and steady Cam. Hmm. So in, uh, in the movie, there's lots of tracking shots. And there's, there's an awesome shot of, Imo Hotep is in the museum and he's chanting, trying to bring his priestess back to life. And the camera starts on one end and follows all the way around and comes behind him. And it's, it's really cool. Because that movie was 32, 33? Wow. And it's also the only universal original monster. The rest of them came from... From books. From books, besides, obviously, The Creature of the Black Lagoon, eventually. Yeah. But Creature was 56, I believe. Yeah. So. And uh, the last thing I watched was I watched Monsters University. I did too! Uh, and it's it's pretty damn cute. Yeah. Um, the, you know, the, the little slug at the beginning where he's trying to get to class is really funny. <laughs> um, I, I actually, my favorite delivery of a line in that is when Sully and Mike meet for the first time and he has that little pig and uh Mike's like "Oh, where'd you get that and he's like I stole it <laughs>
2: it's, just, <laughs> it's like
0: just really funny and it's really well done and little little kid Mike is the cutest oh, little thing it's ever so adorable <laughs> um as soon I, as
2: he gets off the bus I was just
0: freaking out <laughs> and, and I will say this uh, because I I've been watching all the Pixar's lately on blu-ray that movie is maybe one of the best looking movies I have ever seen oh yeah and you just see the from the first Toy Story, which is still a good-looking movie, but the amount of detail in Monsters University, like from the cobblestones and the brick and Sully's fur is yep. unbelievable. Yeah, Those guys are the best artists in the industry, hands yeah. down.
2: And it's it, it even goes down to, like, um, part of why Toy Story still looks so good is that they knew what their limitations were and just avoided those things. So, like, there's never water or liquids in that movie. Um, and now, like... They just don't have to worry about that stuff because they can just do apparently anything. Did you watch the the short that was with it? No. Oh, you got. I rented it and showed it to my folks because they didn't get a chance to see it. And when we were done, I was like, "Oh man, wait! I got to show oh, you the umbrella thing, the blue umbrella." Oh yeah. yeah. Um, because the story itself is not as good as some of their other shorts, but it's the most gorgeous animated thing I've ever seen. Like as soon as it was as it was over, I looked at my folks and went nothing you just saw was real and they were like what (laughs) like it's ridiculous
0: so it's yeah Monsters university is a really cute movie and again it's just pixar being pixar um i I know it got a lot of flack because they said it wasn't um as original or um as much heart but actually it has quite a bit of heart to it because you know and it's learning your place in the world you know mike doesn't have he's not scary and yeah. Um, and, you know, Sully's getting by on his family's good name. And there's that great scene where um, Sully opens his heart to to Mike. And, you know, it's it's fantastic. Like and Nathan Fillion is a bad guy.
3: Yeah. I like how the end isn't just, like, them trying to win that competition. Like, there's yeah. a twist. Yeah. So I, I, was, I was really impressed by that because I thought the movie was over. I was like, really? You're going to end it like that? And, yeah. nope, there's a total other side to this. So was, and that the, was good. You know, I
0: actually think the message, too, is good that you have to work hard for something maybe that you want. You know
2: well, and it even goes further than that, like i told i was I was talking to my folks afterwards, and I was like, "Look, any movie in any animation studio will do a movie where you've got to work hard to get what you want, or you know you um sometimes you fail or things like that and 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 all those lessons are all very universal, and we've heard before, but this movie and slight spoilers for Monsters University, but you know um <laughs> sorry Bree um, <laughs> but this is a movie where at the end of this movie he he doesn't get what he wants no like at a certain point he has to accept the fact that some people are just not born with even the ability no matter how hard they try to get their dreams and that is especially for a kids movie mm-hmm. so amazing like p- nobody but Pixar tells stories like that nobody nobody has the balls to tell a story like oh, that oh I agree it's, it's insane and um, there's just
0: and you know the, the just again it's so beautiful even when they're in the library, and I'm just looking at, like, the detail and all the books, and then the huge librarian, and it just looks so oh, good. Yeah, she's
2: creepy. That librarian's really creepy. Yeah, and
0: I, I did have some laugh out loud moments where, like, the pinkies, they're like, hey, pinkies, girls looking good, and they turn, and they turn, like, really monstrous. Yeah. Hey, looking great. <laughs> stupid stuff like that. I, I, I love those movies. Yeah. So, again, I, I never saw it. I bought it on a chance that it'd be good, and it's really good. Yeah. And that's what I saw this week. Cool.
1: Right? what did you see this week? Uh, Apollo eighteen. Oh Apollo yeah. Yep. How is that? It was. It was all right. I mean, um, it's kind of that uh, shaky space found footage, so you know you, you see a lot of moon rocks and stuff in it. But <laughs> <laughs> but I thought it was pretty good. Um, it had a twist that I, oh, yeah? I didn't I didn't expect, and um, I you know I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but it's definitely worth out going out there and checking out. Huh. Um, other than that, been re- I've been reading more than than watching. What are you reading right now? Uh, right now I'm reading. Um, I think it's uh, the new H.P. Lovecraft or something. It's, it's some uh, compiled uh, book with uh, Cthulhu and some other books, and there are different different horror writers and stuff.
0: He's an unusual writer. Yeah,
1: and um, also uh, Zombie, Zombie, Zombies. the, <laughs> the, the, the It's the greatest collection of zombie stories ever. I picked that up from the library. Um, reading the comic book uh, Saga. That's great. Um, oh, that's great one, good. and a couple of um, I picked up some Batman comics that have had, like three D covers. Uh, there's one I have with three uh, D cover of Harley Quinn and some other ones. Those ones are hard to
0: find. Yeah, yeah. they're selling well, them for like thirty bucks well, over here.
1: What's, what's what the, the crazy thing though is I actually got these from the library. Mm. So I, I'm just like you know, and um, I went back and and the library that I'm, that I'm close by. They 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 switched the way they've um, their arrangement of the comic books, but I'm always like. I don't know. I always get kind of upset because I'm like, you guys should take better care of these comics, you know. <laughs> and, I, you know, I always try to check them out, but I have them all in a nice little little stack. But, you know, sometimes when I go in the library, they're disorganized. But they, I, I'm, I've been surprised at the amount of comics that I've seen at libraries now. I mean, the hard, you know, even the big, thick, um, complete editions of The Walking Dead. Um, wow. Stuff like uh, – oh, I also picked up uh, Brian, King's, Brian King's The Last Zombie I'm hmm. gonna read that and um, and a big huge book called Anomaly. Um, hmm. It's about it's, a, it's some space story. I haven't I haven't checked it out yet, but the book is like probably like like that thick. You guys can't see my hands out there, but <laughs> i got thickness in my hands right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, eight, eight inches, <laughs> eight inches thick. <laughs> uh,
0: that's cool. cool. Yeah, yeah. We found I, should, I, I found out George's jaunty did the interiors for the Joker's daughter one.
2: Yeah, did you yeah, know that? Yeah. Which looks really cool. Yeah,
3: yeah. It's yeah. right over there. It is. I'm gonna have to go
0: really? get it.
2: Really? Where?
0: Well they have a the lithograph one the is corner. thirty bucks at all season Brad found a ten dollar regular edition one. Someone oh, cool. must have been really underordered or something. Huh. Wow.
2: Cool. Brad, what did you watch this week?
3: Oh, my turn?
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh, he's on scrolling. It's like he's the T oh scrolls. God, uh, he, yeah, he I, I, I
3: I was sitting in my room working on computer stuff and so I just had a lot of movies going on in the background. So I uh, watched Gremlins two. After oh, last cool. week, I watched Gremlins one, you Gremlins after two. We talked about it, huh?
0: After we talked about it, to it inspire you to go watch it?
3: Uh, no, I just I was. It was Halloween week uh, mm. for DVDs at Best Buy, and it was there for five is bucks. The so. actual
0: oh, subtitle of that, the new batch, or is yeah. that just something they put on the poster? It's, it's
3: the new batch, yeah. It's, I think it's even in the trailer on the on the disc. Um, yeah, it's not as good as it's. It's almost like when they made the movie, the vibe I get is that they felt like didn't you people realize how silly the concept was in the first one? <laughs> <laughs> and now we're making, so it's like, it's set in New York city in this one building that like, it's like a building mall. So there's all kinds of crazy shops and there, there's even a uh, science lab that Christopher Lee runs. Ah, and that's right. That, and he has all these crazy potions that the gremlins drink. And then it turns them into like weird variations. Like one turns into like a gargoyle. Uh, there's the probably the most weird and offensive one is, there's a potion that turns one of the Gremlins into a like a Jessica Rabbit style female, and the Jessica Rabbit style female Gremlin all all he wants to do is try and <laughs> fuck Richard uh, Richard Picard, Robert Picardo. That's right. Yeah. Wait, wait,
2: is it is it like animated or is it an animatronic? No, like, it's an animatronic. animatronic. Yeah.
3: The, the spider pup- one's amazing. Yeah. The spider one's all the like uh, animatronics are fantastic. Just like in the first one, it's just like the concept of the whole movie. Like uh, Zach Gallagher he gets a job working for this which um John Glover Do you know who that guy is?
2: No. I mean I'm, I probably do, uh, the name doesn't sound The thing
3: I I know most from is from uh, smallville where he played Lex Luthor's dad. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, he's he o- he's the owner of this building and like historically I remember him as being like uh kind of like a shark businessman. But He's actually kind of an idiot businessman where he's like <laughs> optimistic and uh it's only the people around him who are the dicks. <laughs> In his company. Yeah. So he's constantly like, oh, it would be great if we had this idea. And uh, Zach Galligan, like, wants to be, a, like, an artist. So he's constantly making, like, really nice, uh, you know, down-to-earth, like, architectural plans. But his company is making him do, like, really garish, you know, late 80s, polished, like, corporate structures and stuff. But no one is, you know, like, feeding his boss that information, you know. Yeah. And that's the kind of stuff he's looking for is, like, that down-to-earth thing. Um, so while I started going to do that. Um, the old, the ch- old Chinese man's uh, pet shop gets, uh, he dies and, uh, that guy's company tries to buy out the block or whatever. So that's how he gets gizmo again. And then obviously right away, like crazy stuff ensues, but it's just like, there's tons of like cameos from my like, famous people like Leonard Maltin's in it doing, doing, he's in the movie doing a review for gremlins one. <laughs> a movie that doesn't isn't supposed to exist in their universe. <laughs> well, uh, yeah.
2: This it almost sounds like they wanted to make a Muppet movie
1: out of Gremlins. Yeah, like their Gremlin that's characters. A good, that's a good comparison. Yeah. So
3: wow. I mean, it has its moments, but it's just like so over the top ridiculous that uh it's it's clearly a spoof of itself.
2: Now I really um, I <laughs> we got to finish up the year so I can check this out because that's ridiculous.
3: <laughs> um And then I have a huge list. so I'm just trying to run through these really quickly. Uh, I finally checked out uh, Kevin Smith Movie Club movies. Oh, oh yeah. Bindle Stiffs and Alter Egos. Bindle cool. Stiffs is pretty funny. Um, obviously, it's not shot very well, but it's just these three kids who uh, the their school is telling them to like is trying to get rid of all, like all the co- copies of Catcher in the Rye, um, and then one of the kids like doesn't agree with that, so he rebels and does something they all get suspended and so the rest of the movie they like try to find stuff to do during their suspension and uh it just involves all the like the most shocking stuff that like kids could think of yeah which you know one like bangs a, a, a hobo um another kid gets involved in like drugs and um yeah they're all really funny but it's just like it, like, the story just consists of, like, how can we top this shocking thing? Uh, so, I guess it was all right. And then the other movie I saw, Alter Egos.
2: That's a uh, superhero one, right? It's a
3: superhero one where which it had a really cool concept about, like, they, it's been done before. They live in this world, like, a uh, a Watchmen-like world where superheroes are, like, run by the government. And yeah. they're going to get their cut their funding because they basically have gotten rid of most of the villains. So, in order to keep their funding, they have this plan to orchestrate like creating a new villain so they have you know people to fight but (laughs) the main character uh frost or the fridge he has like ice powers um he's so kind of unlikable that that's like what makes the movie not interesting to me huh um so uh but it had a cool twist at the end um and then i watched four james bond bond movies (laughs) okay moonraker octopussy free your eyes only and live and let die and um,
2: I like Moonraker.
0: Is Living Light Die, like, is that the... Uh, the voodoo one? Timothy Dalton one?
3: No. These are all what's, Roger Moore ones. What's
0: the Timothy Dalton one that's like that? The Living Daylights. Living Daylights, and that's what it is. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Moore, yeah,
3: that's Roger
2: Moore. Yeah, that's the one that starts with him on, our, yeah. like, yeah. climbing up that rock face.
3: And they're all just completely, just, like, ridiculous. Uh, yeah. At every chance, like, it, it's almost like an Austin Powers movie. Like, they're <laughs> so... Like... James Bond will get off of a flight and then just like pick up the next chick he sees and then bangs her and like not integral to the story at all. Yeah. And then um in Octopussy, one weird thing is like the character's name. It, like she's Octopussy. Octopussy. <laughs> Octopussy. I, was, I, I almost <laughs> said like Sean uh, Connery. Uh, like her backstory, she's explained like why that's her name, and it's beca- they don't need to explain it, but they do, and it's because. Like, her dad was, like, he worked with poisonous octopuses. And she says, my dad used to call me his little octopusy." I'm like, what kind of dad calls his <laughs> <Yeah>. daughter octopussy? <laughs> like, that's fucked up. <laughs> I guess not in 1970. Or, yeah, I think it's, like, 78 or 81. No, it was like the 80s. Yeah,
2: yeah they, they named the movie that because they knew that that was going to be, you know. yeah. Could you name any Riss-ish? movie well, with they could pussy have, in it these days? They probably could make a not. new one with
1: Octomom and have yeah. her our <laughs> pussy. Oh, I feel an Octomom. She, she can, can fill pussy. eight
0: dicks into her yeah. pussy. Oh, God. Octomom. Oh no. <laughs> uh, kids approaching. No, kids, approaching. <laughs> 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 kids
3: approaching. Kids approaching. We're in public. Out. I forgot. Yeah. We're not at home. Look at the Incredibles. <laughs> <laughs>
0: He's so <Yeah>. adorable. <laughs>
3: but, yeah, moon, Moonraker is yeah. probably the most absurd one um and then they're all overly long i think most of them are like two hours long
2: i feel like the roger moore years like they really they hardly had to even work on those scripts like they they basically came up with a quick idea and just like came up with some places they can shoot some action scenes i would like to explain
3: each of the plots of these movies for you but they all just kind of blended together because they're all the same thing where i was like i don't know why james bond is going anywhere to get to the end good like it just seems like there's just like cliche stuff happening he's doing a gadget he's doing a girl And eventually we arrive to the end and, like, there's a villain.
2: I'm genuinely really glad that you say that because I've never been good at keeping track of those movies. Like, I've always felt like not a very good movie person because, like, oh, I can't tell you the difference between all the different James Bond movies because they all run together in my head. Like, I don't know what the master plan
3: most of the time. Like, I know what the end game is, but I never understand, like, James Bond's detective style, like, how he gets to things. It just seems like... They arbitrarily like he just kind of gets he to each. And
0: he like trips well, and falls and <laughs> to him
3: like yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. He always had some kind of gadget though, you know. He yeah. pulls this thing out and then he accomplishes his mission. So you know? yeah. yeah,
3: of course these things are connected over and over again. It's yeah. just like yeah, like the newer ones with um shit, Daniel Craig and yeah. Pierce Brosnan. I, I followed this plus, but the old ones there's just so much like globe trotting and uh. Like, here's this elegant thing, and then, yeah, here's this random chick he's going to hook up with. Nice. Which That's how James Bond rolls with
0: yeah. fucking
1: Octa STD. So, <laughs> and
3: yeah. I'm yeah. paranoid that there's <laughs> a little
0: <laughs> little Incredible kid running around. <laughs> yeah. What was the name of that little fast boy in Incredibles? Uh, uh, I don't know.
2: Well, really, it's Jack-Jack. Yeah, Jack-Jack. You're worried, about. you're worried that Jack-Jack That's is going to roll by. A, no, yeah. I know. That's no, jack worried that the right jack there, right? jack Yeah. That in, um, that kid is young enough that's a Jack-Jack. I feel <laughs> the fast one is, though. Yeah. But the the fast fl- one is, I don't remember.
3: Yeah. But yeah, Roger Moore is a decent enough Bond. It's just the, the movies themselves, the plots. There's one, the, like, Dr. Pussy one, like, is involved with a circus ring of, like, a <laughs> drug. Yeah. No, not drug. uh, uh, uh rock uh, diamond, sm- or jewel smuggling ring. Um, yeah. It's just Aren't really... they all? And the Russians. Like, the Russians in this jewel smuggling ring. Oh, yeah,
0: dude. The Russians are horrible. Duh. And
3: yeah. it's set in India most of the time. You know what the
2: Russians do? They sneak down into India and they steal all the diamonds. I mean, that's true in the real world, man.
3: And, like, in that movie, they go to every, like, cliche about Indian culture. Like, they have, like, uh, you know, the villain riding elephants to go through the jungle to do, like, um, uh, a hunt uh, (laughs) for James Bond. And then there's, like, snake charmers and, like, anything you think about India uh, is is in that movie. Anything anything you
2: think about India, racist? (laughs) <laughs> yeah anything
3: you ever seen in any movie that labels something as like indian culture like mm-hmm. it's in the movie they're, they're the only thing that's missing is like the guy riding the magic carpet or or, or the quickie mart guy yeah a poo's <laughs> not in there and then the last thing i saw was zero charisma which you talked about oh, last yeah. week and i really really like that movie yeah it's it's very earnest and i like how um you know most of the movie they make the main character out to look like a you know a dick. Yeah. And it turns out he's kind of in the right by the end because uh, the guy he's railing against is also kind of a dick.
2: Yeah. Um, mm. Yeah, I mean, he is he is both justified in his suspicions against that guy while not being justified in the way he behaves. Yeah. And it's something you know? the
3: movie I don't think didn't have to do, but it's yeah. cool that they, like, turned it on its head like that. So I think if
2: they didn't, then it would just be a movie about a guy you don't like. And, yeah. and then it, it just it would fall on its own weight. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, that movie is. You're right. It's so genuine yeah. that that even even when the acting is not always good and it's not the most well crafted movie, like production wise, you just forgive all of that because it's just so it's so on the nose. Yeah. Like I said last week, I know those people.
3: It's not like pandering to nerds. It's like exactly no. it is living in that world.
2: It is exactly what the Big Bang Theory should actually uh, be. yeah. Like, if the Big Bang Theory were those characters, oh, my God, I'd watch that show
0: Bazinga. every day. No, no, no get out. No. Get out. Drop your like, mic, get out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just
3: I just ordered the host off the show yeah. <laughs> for making that offensive comment. That's
2: how we feel about Big Bang Theory. Um, so, yeah, that's what I watched. What did cool. you watch, James? Uh, I call, saw a couple things. I sort of got into a... Documentary rut this week because I I found a few from this year that I didn't know were already out um, or didn't know were on Netflix. Uh, Room two thirty seven was the first one I saw, which is the documentary about um, the, the, sh- the, sh- the, sh- the Shining. The Shining. Do you want to uh, get in
0: suit, dude? No. Simpsons <laughs> joke. Anybody? <laughs> Tree House of Horror Part Two. No, I'm the only one. All right. I'm no. Yeah, you're the only one.
2: <laughs> um, and it's it, this movie is is really interesting and really frustrating at the same time because. It basically is a documentary about all the conspiracies, and I, I choose that word very carefully surrounding surrounding the shining because some of them are some of them are things that are absolutely a part of the movie, and things that I wish they had talked about more, like you know uh, how often there are uh, American Indian symbols in that movie, and all these different things that he is doing very meticulously, things like how he displays cans of um, of chewing tobacco in the background that have Indians on them and what the word on that can means and how he displays them in the scene and when and why. Things like that, I think, are absolutely things that Stanley Kubrick was thinking about when he made this movie. Um, but they don't de- delve into that stuff as much as they delve into, like, there's a crazy lady who thinks that there's, like, she sees minotaurs in the movie all over the place, and even her, her evidence is very weak, and I, I just don't get it. Um, there's one guy who thinks that the that Stanley Kubrick directed the uh, the footage of the moon landing. He thinks we landed on the moon, but we didn't actually film it, and Stanley Kubrick was was tasked to to recreate it. So that we could watch it here at home, um, and then that that The Shining is actually all about Stanley Kubrick wanting to reveal to people, and like he sees all these symbols of like you know uh, Danny's wearing a shirt that says NASA and it's a rocket and the ball rolls towards him and then and then the thing you know and there's like all this stuff that he interprets and it it's 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 a little bit ridiculous. So
1: basically, saying it's Apollo eighteen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, basically, yeah.
2: Um, and uh, but the the interesting thing about this documentary is not all these crackpot theories. And the the reason why I think people should watch it is is just thinking about the way that people interpret movies, especially movies like this that people, I mean, they go crazy over this movie. And I and I, I don't terribly love The Shining, Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. Like I, I think a lot of these people are are making assumptions that mistakes in the movie are absolutely. You know, genius moves that have so much meaning, even though even if they were intentional, they don't actually have that much meaning. Um, But but thinking having a movie like this, that makes you think about how people really watch a movie and delve into movies and interpret movies. I think is really interesting.
0: David Cronenberg says um, The Shining shit and Stanley Kubrick doesn't know how to direct horror. Mm -hmm.
2: I I, that's the thing. I, I actually I don't think that The Shining is a very good movie. On my list of 101
0: of my favorite horror movies, it's 101. Oh, Mm. spoiler alert!
3: (laughs) Um, (laughs) You know what? Sorry, uh, if people like really believe that Kubrick like put all this stuff in the movie, then like really what you should do is like if that was his intent, it can't be limited to just this one movie. So you would have to go to look at his entire catalog. Like, oh. if that if that's something that you really believe that he does, is put all these, like, hidden stuff into his movie, then, like, I can't imagine a person would, like, that would be an isolated mm-hmm. incident for that person. Like, that would be something, creatively, that they would want to do every time they go do work. Kid so, <laughs> um, just you know, t- if, if you really believe this, this stuff with The Shining, you really need to, like, take your thesis to the rest of the catalog. You know, yeah. even just, sh- like, shortcuts or, you know, yeah. full metal jacket and, like then come to me and tell me like well here's all these other instances then I'd more believe you're shining I theory. hear like right. every fifth word Brad is saying
2: yeah uh basically Brad, what, what what Brad is saying is like <laughs> it, 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 if punch. if you wanted to prove if you wanted to prove that this was true and that, that Stanley Kubrick was actually this meticulous, you'd have to go and look at his other movies and prove that he was meticulous with those as well. Yeah. If he's only crazy amounts of meticulous to the point at which the the pattern of the carpet changing is somehow a very important part of the movie, you would have to go back and prove that he does those same things on the other movies and that they were important moves there, uh, which I think is, is true. Um, but there are things, like like with the Indians all over the, ho- the hotel. It's a movie about a hotel that's Native haunted Americans? by... Uh, sorry, American um, Native Americans? Sorry, American Indians. Native Americans? Sorry, American Indians. Racist they, motherfucker. Uh, You're probably no, a fan of the Washington no, Redskins. No, I can tell you why it's supposed <laughs> to be American Indians. I can tell you. We don't have to talk about it now, but no, there is I, a reason why. I know why. why. Okay. I call them Indians. I'm just being an asshole. If you call them Native Americans, you take away their name for a second time. You should actually call them Sioux or Ute or whatever their actual tribal group is. Anyway, um... So th- it's a movie about like a hotel built on an Indian gra- graveyard. Like that, there's a reason why there's Indian stuff all over the movie. Like that's not I think reading into it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's move on real quick. They need to uh, make better movie for my people. <laughs> how? Oh man. Make it more accessible. No how. They did. It's called <laughs> Little Big Man.
0: <laughs> that that's how they say hi.
3: Um, you, you mean with Dustin Hoffman playing an Native American? <laughs> yes. <laughs>
2: Actually, that movie is actually pretty good. That it movie is, yeah. is yeah. but still,
3: it's not a, stuff like it's like Al Pacino playing a Cuban or Daniel Day-Lewis <laughs> yeah. playing Native
2: American. It's more the other little yeah. things they put in <laughs> yeah. there, like um, "No matter where you are, I will find you." But part of part of what's wrong with Little Big Man is that they take real things, like the Indians that walk backwards and ride horses backwards and do everything backwards, and make them goofy, so then you don't think it's actually real. And in fact, it was it was real, and those guys were badass. And of course, um, the only
0: actual portrayal of indians is in that old psa where we're littering and he's crying
2: it's the only actual american indian that's ever been on screen
3: that wasn't a stage commercial that was that filmmaker just caught that event <laughs> yeah. in that, that moment it was that's awesome. found footage
2: uh i also got a chance to see salinger uh, which is a movie mm. that the Weinstein's produced this year about jd salinger the trailer um, makes it look interesting but i heard it's not very interesting i think it's fascinating really? it's such a it's such an interesting story that I, you know, I knew some of some about J.D. Salinger uh, and how reclusive he was. But this really digs into it and interviews all these friends of his. And by the end, it's a really heartbreaking story. And I feel, you know, you know on one hand, he is, you know, you look at, like, the way his, his kids feel about him. And you think, like, ah, maybe he's kind of a dick and he's... He's so into these characters and into these worlds that he's made that that he sort of sacrifices the reality around him. But at the same time, like the like who he was and, and why he did all of those things just feels heartbreaking. Um, I absolutely recommend that people should check out uh, Salinger. Um, I, I think it would it's That's really The trailer is really interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and and the the documentary itself I think is built really well where the 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 subject at hand continues to change. And so they'll delve into a part of his life, and it's pretty chronological. They'll sort is of it, start early on and go through his life.
0: Is it uh, intriguing enough where you'd get the book that the documentary is based off of? or? Uh, oh, oh, uh, I didn't know it was based on a book. Uh, yeah, the there's a book called Salinger, and it's basically like a, a companion piece to the documentary. Oh, okay.
2: I, I didn't know that. Um, I, I might. It's interesting. They've got a number of like biographers in the movie as well. Uh, talking about you know different phases of his life, as well as like people who are, are close friends with him or were close friends with him, and um, just hearing about like his relationships and how they changed, I, I think it's really good. Uh, and then the very last thing was I got a chance to go see Rush, uh, which is the Formula One movie by Ron Howard, starring Thor, um, and uh, and oh shoot, I should actually look this up really quick because I don't know the name of the other guy. Um, basically, it's the story of, uh, let's see, Daniel Brühl, it looks like. Brühl, he was in uh, Inglourious Bastards. Yeah. I, kn- I know I recognize him, but uh, I don't know if he's French or what. Anyway, he plays Nicky Lauda, who is an Austrian F, uh, Formula 1 driver. And by the way, then, a true story. Yeah, and it's based on a true story. And Chris Hemsworth plays James Hunt. And basically, the two of them sort of started off, and they were competing Formula 3 drivers. Uh, and they they both got into to racing and sort of built this whole rivalry. And what is brilliant about this movie is that it tells two different stories. It tells both these guys' biographies at the same time. It sort of bounces back and forth. And at any one time or, or, you know, whoever story you're following at that time that person straight up is the protagonist.
0: Is Olivia Wilde naked in this movie?
2: Uh, no. I don't want to no. see it then. She's, uh, I'm checking
3: out. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Let us know when you're talking about this <laughs> movie. It's the only movie from this year. Um... I almost thought I should do an article about like best use of Olivia Wilde because she was in like five movies. She wasn't this year. a lot, yeah. yeah. Um, no complaints. And I'd have to watch To the Wonder. But I,
0: you can ask me this. I heard I was reading reviews of it, and they say the racing scenes are really intense and
2: they are really well done. So, so there's a couple of things. One, I think that I think that Formula One is really cool now, and I thought it was like just sort of silly before. But uh, it's not even just the like how badass these drivers are and all that. It really is the way that Ron Howard directs it. Um, it's so... It's so kinetic to the point at which it's almost manic that you can't, you can't always keep track of what's going on. And so part of why you're really impressed by these drivers is because he makes you feel like you're riding in the passenger seat with this driver and that you would never be able to do what they're doing because things move so fast and change so fast and the cuts are so quick that you can hardly keep track of what's, what you're actually seeing. Um, it's really like that whole part of it is really cool. The other part that's really amazing. And this is, I mean, it's not even really spoilers, but eventually these two guys race, duh. Um, and, uh, Nikki Lauda gets in this accident and is horribly yeah. burned. And he comes and back this and they, like
0: he comes back to soon. I remember yeah. watching a ESPN documentary about it.
2: Yeah. Not so the- I'm not going to give away the actual ending here. Cause I, you know, yes, it's technically history, but I didn't know this story. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he comes back, after, after getting burned, and they race again at the end of the movie. And when they raced that last time, I realized how brilliant this movie is that I did not... I didn't know who I was supposed to be rooting for. Mm. Like, these two guys are having such a... You know, this crazy rivalry, but I emotionally was invested in both of them. And it didn't matter who won, I still was going to lose. Um, and the way that... That real life found a way to solve that problem for me in this movie (laughs) uh, is fantastic. The the end of the movie is is great. Honestly, I think this might be Ron Howard's masterpiece. I think this might be his best film. Uh, and he might not, never make anything this good again. Uh, I also saw the trailer for American Hustle before this movie, and my God, American Hustle looks like some awesome. kids. No, American Hustle awesome. looks like some kids in high school are trying to make a seventies movie. Well, good for you. Rush, Rush looks like a guy who actually lived through the seventies and grew up in the seventies, made this movie, and made it perfect. See, because but it, you got to
0: take your I hate David O. Russell sunglasses off. No, no. Here's the thing. You only okay. like this
3: movie because the main character has your name. <laughs> James, James Hart. Hunt. His oh. name is
2: James Hunt. <laughs> but yeah. you're very clear. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Close um, enough. <laughs> James Hunt, kind of a dick. Uh, though actually, uh, Nicky Lauda, a total asshole. So, uh, as much as you like these guys, they are both also not very good people. Um, shit. What was I? Oh, um, how bad American <laughs> Hustle looks without you seeing it. No, no. So, not only does no, this is more about Ron Howard. Not only does like the set design and the costumes and all of that stuff look like the 70s but I don't know how what he did but the the way the movie is shot looks like the 70s um, not not in the way the camera moves but in the the film I, I think he probably shot it on film the way they did the color correction it makes it feel like you're watching 70s television honestly mm. and it is so cool um, oh and he also I think sort of solves the problem of because you know especially since in this case you can't keep track of what's going on in the race um, this is a movie that could very easily rely on that same crutch that uh, Apollo 13 does, where you have to keep cutting back to like announcers that are telling you what's happening, or like during the race you have the announcers talking. Um, and it does, during the races, you do hear the announcers, but they are so drowned out by the engines that you you are almost straining to hear them. And I think he very specifically only lets you hear clearly a couple of words from the announcers, just enough that you you kind of know like oh oh okay that person passed that person and then you move on and so it sort of solves that problem of having of of letting you know exactly what's going on and keep track of the action while not ha- like relying on and this crust Yeah it doesn't it doesn't feel like Spider-Man 3 where you get to the end and like the news people are telling yeah. you all the action and why you oh should care Oh my god
0: the monster is so big
2: yeah um but it's it's fantastic, and the tension is just great. It's, it's absolutely a must-watch. Everybody should see this movie. It's great. Um, and that's what I watched this week.
0: Very cool. We made it to the comic book corner. We did. What you got for me this week, James?
2: What's up, nerds? It's the comics corner. So um, now I feel like I should have got something for Thor after we saw Thor this week. But I actually am going to pull out some Captain America. Um, nice. Yeah, there is a run of Captain of Ultimate Captain America from a couple years ago that Jason Aaron did. Um, oh shit! And now I'm not gonna remember the bad guy's name. I think it's the flag. I think it's the American flag. Is the guy's mm-hmm. name? Anyway, he has a flag on his face. Yeah, he's got a yep. flag on his face. Yeah. Um, basically, Cap goes to Vietnam and gets kidnapped by. Uh, the flag who was basically like during the time in which captain america was in ice you know the, the america kept trying to like replicate captain america and this was one of those guys but turns out he was kind of a crazy pants and a dick uh and specifically because he was the captain america or he was captain america sort of during vietnam and so it's it's this take on what captain america would be like if instead of being part of Wow, this is going to sound really bad, but instead of being part of the greatest generation, he is part of the the generation that unfortunately was yoked by by Vietnam. Um, and not only is Captain America badass in this Jason Aaron story, um, but the the whole way that it delves into, you know, Captain America missing that war, and what would it have been like if if we would had somebody like Captain America around. Um, during that part of American history. It's, it's really good. Um, I, I don't know what issues it is, but if you go and just check uh, honestly, Ultimate Captain America did not run for very long. It's not a very big book. So if you just go to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics and ask for some Ultimate Captain America, I'm sure they probably have some of the back issues there, too. You could just find the Jason Aaron arc. Um, it's really great. Um, so people should uh, check that out. Cool. Yeah. Love Cap. This week
0: we saw Thor,
1: The Dark World. Bree, should people go see Thor, The Dark World? Yes, I think they should go see Thor, The Dark <laughs> World. Um, I, you know what, I really liked it um, when, initially when I saw the trailers for the new Thor movie. I, I liked what I saw in the trailers because I saw it was taking, uh, a lot of the scenes were taking off world. Uh, every time when I see a Marvel movie, I, I get kind of bored when you know they're in our universe. I like seeing the whole other element. I mean, the Marvel universe is just so expansive that... You know, I, I just really love when I see them delve into the the worlds of the characters. Brad,
0: should people go see Thor: The Dark World? Uh, <laughs> Brad hates all movies. James, should uh, people it's go? Stupid. See no, <laughs> <laughs> it
3: was it was all right. Um, it was really funny and um, actually packed. Uh, I don't know. I just for some reason I still can't like. L- I like I like it. I don't. I I can't love the the, the Thor universe yet. I don't know. It's Definitely a uh, competent, well-made, uh, entertaining movie. Actually, more entertaining than the first one, actually, but um, I probably don't like it as much as you guys do. So, I'm going to
2: turn right over and say um, I rewatched Thor this week, and mm-hmm. Thor is still my favorite Marvel movie out of all of them. Um, and while this does not quite hit all the beats that I wanted out of a sequel, this movie is fucking fantastic, and everybody should see it. It's so much fun uh, and really cool. So, I mean, unless you're some crazy person who just doesn't like Marvel movies, then... uh, What are you looking at me for? I
3: have to describe that because people can't see what you're doing. No, I know.
2: Um,
0: Yeah, absolutely. People should go see this movie. Yeah, this movie was awesome. Unlike Brad, I can enjoy movies unless. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding, Brad. Hey, Brad, uh, show the trailer and don't show the trailer. I knew this was
3: going to happen. Like, last night I went home and I'm like, great, I'm going to have to wait a whole other day before they rag on me <laughs> in my opinion.
2: Why can't we just rip this bandit off
0: right away? And, and
3: not even, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to say that I hate it. It's going to be just like a little less than awesome right. and they're going <laughs> to tear me apart.
0: Yeah. Yep. yep. Hit it on the head. Here's a trailer for Thor The Dark World.
1: Go see it. After all this time now you come to visit me brother. Why? To mock I need your help. But I wish I could trust you. If you did, you'd be the fool I always took you for.
4: Some believe that before the universe, there was nothing. They're wrong. There was darkness. And it has survived. What's going to happen?
1: I gave you my word. I would return for you. You face an enemy known no. only to a few. Known only to one. You must be truly desperate to come to me for
4: help. If we do nothing, they will destroy us. You even think about betraying him
1: and I'll kill you. That was
2: from New York.
4: I like her.
1: Thor, your bravery will not ease your pain. Your family, your world will be extinguished. We're running out of time.
2: The very fabric of reality can be torn apart.
1: I'll find a way to save us all.
3: I get hit it on the head because it's a Thor thing. Like <laughs> hey, it hammers.
0: Look at you! You're picking up on
3: my subtleties. So, so
2: you do like Thor.
3: <laughs> I, said, I said I enjoyed the movie. It's just oh, I know, I, and yeah. that's the thing.
2: I've been in your seat so many times before as well. Of like, you yeah. know, well, liking or a it movie, could be but like not you know, you like it. the
0: Hunger Games, and you two guys don't like it at all, and then you think <laughs> I'm stupid for liking the Hunger Games.
3: Well, that is stupid. I don't <laughs> yeah, know what yeah, yeah. to tell you. Uh, but like anyways, <laughs> Thor
0: uh, bees. It takes place, I, I want to say, kind of right after Avengers, mm-hmm. uh, um, yeah. where Thor is going around to the Nine Realms, and he's um, trying to restore order in it. Because remember, Asgard isn't some fictional place somewhere. Well, I mean, it's fictional. I mean, it, is a fictional <laughs> place. it is fictional It is fictional, but I mean, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, it's not some space place. It's, yeah, it's they're, not ethereal. They're
2: like,
0: they're like in charge of the universe. Yeah. And uh, so Thor, as the Enforcer, is going around to these different realms, and he's basically policing him and putting him back in place after Loki, uh, you know, disrupted everything from the Avengers. And uh, his his journey doesn't come without speed bumps. Of course, Loki, um, who has become maybe the most popular character besides Iron Man in these movies. Yeah. Um, is, you know, he's brought into prison and, um, and it's Thor's job to clean it all up. And wh- what's great about this movie is I think it's still why the first Thor is successful and why this one is every character has defining moments and every character has motivation and every character is well thought out. Um, Thor just wants to live his life. He doesn't want to be, you know, burdened with running his kingdom, his father's kingdom. Yeah. Loki feels he deserves the kingdom. Where Thor is given the kingdom and he doesn't want it, Loki feels, you know, hey, I deserve this. Yeah, uh, I'm the most regal person we have and Odin obviously is not going to give it to him because Loki if you remember from the first Thor, is actually a bastard, so um, <laughs> figuratively and literally. Yeah. Uh, so it, it's an interesting play on it, and it starts. I actually think the movie starts kind of slow, mm-hmm. and uh, not that it, not in a bad way, but it kind of just building up all these things. And MacAleth um, Mekalith, how do you pronounce this fucking name? Mekalith, is that right? Uh, Malaketh, Malakath.
2: Yeah. What a weird name. The dark elf. I, I had to figure out who you were trying to yeah, talk about. Yeah. Um He. Malakath. Malakath, Whatever. Um, he's a silly-looking villain in the books. Like he, In the he's, books, he's really weird. Yeah.
0: I mean, he looks a, pretty cool in the movie. Yeah. Um, and basically, I guess they were the original bad guys, and Odin's father thought he killed them all, and they some of them escaped, which you learned early in the movie.
2: They're basically um, the new Frost Giants. Yeah.
0: You know. Uh, the major selling point in this movie, of course, is Loki and Thor. Yeah. And there's a great scene that we're going to play for you right now with thor and loki and it's a little back and forth between the two so uh, enjoy
1: i know you seek vengeance as much as i do
2: you help me escape asgard and i will grant it to you vengeance and after with this cell
4: <sighs> you must be truly desperate to come to me for help what makes you think you can trust me? I don't. And you should know that when we fought each other in the past, I did so with a glimmer of hope that my brother was still in there somewhere. That hope no longer exists to protect you. You betray me, and I will kill you.
0: Hmm. When do we start?
2: I'm sure there's one on EPK. Um, we just we just left nothing in there
0: because uh, there was no scene. So, I guess we'll get to the movie now. Why I think this movie works so well is all the actors are really good in it, and they all believe their motivations in doing things. Um, of course, everybody thinks Tom Hiddleston is still a movie, and he probably does again. Um,
2: yeah, no, I would I would say he probably does. Yeah, I mean my my favorite moment in the movie, and this is not you know terribly far in, but. Um, you know, my, my favorite moment, and the reason why I love Thor one so much, is when Thor or when Loki finds out that he is a frost giant and confronts Odin about it. And in this movie, my favorite movie moment is when uh, Thor, after they've been attacked by the, the the dark elves, and Thor goes to to Loki's prison, and and his their their mom is killed, um, and. Thor tells him like enough of the illusions just turn it all off and all of a sudden it just turns into this room that's been destroyed and Loki is there in like prison garbs just like clearly he has been sobbing and he's just sitting on the floor and you're just like oh like it's it's such a wonderful image of who that character constantly is you know he's in all of the movie, he's like, changes his clothes and stuff, and now you realize, like, at all times, he is always putting on this illusion of being so cool and so in charge of himself and, and aware of his surroundings when, in fact, he is, like, this damaged little boy. And it's uh, his defense mechanism.
0: He uh, puts up things to stop him. And my wife, so good. she was talking about, because my wife doesn't like sci-fi movies, and this movie is really sci-fi. If, I, mean, if I
2: have any complaints about this movie, it is that it's almost too Star warsian for it for for what I expect out of Thor,
0: and uh, my wife said why she, I asked her why she likes Loki so much because she wouldn't stop talking about Tom Hiddleston on the way home, and she said because he's one of those guys where you want to trust him but you'll never ever trust him, and yeah. he and the way he's portrayed and he way he's played in the movie is uh, he he he's portrayed that way where what is real what is not real who's the real Loki you don't even know who is yeah. the real Loki
2: you never know yeah
0: um, not saying like you know. Physical wise, but uh, yeah, like like wise.
2: what what are his actual motivations? Yeah. Like, does you don't know you, you you want to believe that somewhere down in there, there's a there's a version of Loki that's really good and wants to be in charge again, but you don't actually know if that's true. And, and I and think that's, that's the the question. Why that
0: works so well because he cared about his mother so much that when she's taken from him, that he he wants the revenge. He wants yeah to do it. And Then you know. They do that. He double-crossed Thor again. And you're like, really? He's going to do it again? Yeah. And th- but then it got interesting to me. I'm like, oh sweet, what's Loki going to do right. now? And he just, and then again, it's another illusion. So again, what is his motivation? Yeah. And and I think it's actually uh, hard. That's why I like Chris Hemsworth too. Is he has a hard job in it because yeah. he has to be this noble hero. He doesn't have like the uh, the coolest lines like Loki does, but he has to carry this
2: movie, and he does a great job too. Oh yeah. Well, and he has the other side of that that coin of. Being the brother of Loki, who, I mean, he's he's us in a lot of ways, you know. Where he, you see that he also wishes that Loki could be good again. He even says that in the movie. He even says like, "There was a time where I thought my brother could come back," and I and and that he says great. he doesn't believe. Oh, it's so good. Like, I think that's the EPK scene. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's even you know I said before that there were a couple beats I, I didn't get out of this movie that I wanted. When I when I rewatched Thor this week. The, when it was over, I, I got really emotional thinking about the fact that I I really wanted a scene where Odin confesses how much he wishes that Loki would come back as well. Like, especially, like, I, in that scene but, where the guard comes back and says that Loki has died, I really wanted an emotional moment there from Odin where Odin's like... But see, I'll, I'll carry that with... That's not his character. I know, I know! Because his character, but too,
0: I, is... You know, even when Thor is, remember in the first Thor, when Thor's acting up, and even in this one when he's acting up, he's like, kill him. Yeah. yeah. I, I, it's, you know, I'm the father of these realms from a father to you. Uh, yeah.
3: yeah, he even said, like, capture Thor by any means necessary. Yeah.
2: Yeah. No, no, and I, I
0: like, know that's
3: Thor. true.
2: It's just not what I want. That's not what you want. But what I, I want but is I, for that father to. But I to think be. if you, you
0: want that, that uh, portrays who the character no, is. No, right? I know, I know, I know. Um, Odin,
1: Odin, even though you know he's always he's been there forever, so he's he's used to losing people. So he's he's yeah. always like, even if we're going to lose people, I'm still protecting the realm. So I think Odin is, is past you know past showing that emotion to you yeah. know to anybody.
2: Oh, absolutely. Um, oh, can we talk for a second about fucking Rene Russo? Sure. That scene is so cool. Like Marvel, Marvel has been out there talking about the fact that they want like, badass women in their movies and they want to have as many, like, female superheroes as they can get. And when that scene where she's protecting uh, Jane Foster and ends up dying, when she just kicks the shit out of Malekith for a second, I was like, this is so cool. Like, I... I think well, yeah, that... I, th- I, I feel like Marvel is inadvertently putting a challenge out there to DC, like, we dare you to make a Wonder Woman movie with any scenes as badass as this one. Ugh. <laughs> because oh, I, I was just... I was in heaven in that moment. It was so good. Brad, um, how about you? You're quiet.
3: I said most of what I thought about the movie early on. <laughs> 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 I mean, obviously I'm not as into it as you guys are, but, uh, yeah, it was really, like, the thing I enjoyed most was the humor, even though it, oh, yeah. it yeah. kind of would be out of, feels a little out of place. It's uh, almost too funny for its own good. It, yeah, to be like a epic action film, but still, it's it was, the jokes, the humor in it was really hilarious. Yeah. Uh, especially, like, when he... Thor hangs up his hammer. You know, I was on, just going like, to say that. Just like a little subtle thing yeah. like where
0: he hangs, you know, the Milner on there. Or, you know, at the end where the, the end battle, by the way, is bad ass. Yeah. Right? Oh,
3: yeah. That's actually really, like, obviously it's the portal, <laughs> a portal gag. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, you don't see a lot. It's just, it's just a clever way to, like, make these end battles more interesting because we see them in so many superhero movies. Yeah. They're all epic and they're destroying stuff. But they, like, it's just, it's another layer where, it, like, all those variables change how they're able to fight. Yeah, like yeah. and yeah, taking the because the hammer is so such an easy way for Thor to win to have it yeah. constantly like taken away yeah, from and that him.
0: That was cool too with the the, oh. the Milner where he's. Going in between the portals and it's trying to find them throughout yeah, the world. It's constantly he's,
3: resetting its um, direction it and
0: then
2: falls through a portal and it just turns straight up and shoots into the space and you're <laughs> yeah. like, oh shit! <laughs>
0: yeah. And the, you know so the, the humor's cool. great too, where the, all the characters are like Jane, oh,
2: I
3: oh yeah, when Darcy's
2: said, Jane, <laughs> Jane, Jane, Ian, meow meow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, great. it's
3: really dynamic filmmaking. Uh, yeah. It, and yeah, I mean,
2: I will say that like during that whole combat scene, like. It, it is really cool and visually interesting but i i there were parts where I lost track where i didn 't i didn't know where we were anymore and and it it felt a little bit messy you know in parts of that 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 action scene but it i think it's this movie took like two of the big criticisms that I thought were very valid from the first movie and just like made sure they addressed those things which were that the last action sequence was big and interesting, and the the villain was actually a villain. You know, it's not like them fighting the destroyer uh, in in the first one, which which is fairly bland. Um, here, no. that action se- sequence is cool, and then they make Asgard so cool. Like, yeah. Asgard has people in it, and it feels populated. And there's they added those mountains behind it so that it feels more like a planet than just an island in space. And um,
3: but again, the you know the enemy race is another like. All you see of their infrastructure is that they they go to war. Like, yeah. all they do is it looks like they just train. Yeah, to I fight well, but I mean, one thing about the movie
0: is I think um, the villains look cool. Yeah, and I yeah, mean, they, they do cool things. But again, it's just like, well, we're here to fight.
3: Yeah, they, that's all our society is yeah. It's just warriors. Yeah.
2: Well, I think in this case, because we never see, and I guess this is sort of what you're getting at, is we never see what the dark world looked like before, like the battle at the beginning of the movie, and so what well, we have. You know the bad guys we have for the most for most of the movie, Malaketh's ship is basically like just one battleship left over floating in space that mm. has been asleep for all these years, and so it's not even it's not even really a civilization. It's just like if if a hundred years from now somebody found like a U.S. Navy battleship floating in the ocean and everybody was mm. asleep, like it wouldn't seem like a, a civilization. But I, yeah. I guess yeah, it's if just we, if we'd seen that- the dark world as a, as a as an actual planet. With the with people on it, and then like we saw Malekith basically destroy his own planet to try and beat Asgardians, then you might get a better sense of that.
3: Yeah, it's just in general, like, and this is, goes through a lot of movies, not just Thor. Just yeah. like over and over again, I constantly see just like the enemy, like all their, all you see of their society is like the war part, and obviously, naturally, like that's not like a natural occurrence, you know. Yeah. Well, I think I,
0: too. Uh, I mean, it's kind of off topic. I think that's why Ender's Game was so successful for me too, is because you learn that. They probably weren't even going to attack anymore, anyways, and we just annihilated these this race. It,
2: it almost it almost turns that aspect you're talking in, about into um, like a part of of what that movie is trying to say, in that yeah. they also show us nothing. But but like, I get what you're saying too, because like week. with the dark
0: elves, I mean their motivation just with is everything just- you
3: can do nowadays, like visually with films, like they constantly cop out. It just seems lazy to me. Like yeah. like with Ender's Game too. Like obviously, yeah, they explained why, like they a little underground, but like. Show me underground, too. Like, just don't say it's under there.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm.
3: Like, yeah. It's Um, more curiosity because I just want to know about some of the other sides of the movies deeper. Obviously, two hours you can't get to it. But, I don't know. It just seems like, oh, well, we'll save some money by not showing you (laughs) what what (laughs) else the Dark Elves do.
2: (laughs) Especially now that you've brought this up and I've been thinking about it, it would have been... That whole sequence at the beginning would have been way more badass and cool if they had like I just said showed us that and made made what Malekith does at the beginning of the movie way more impactful because instead of just like destroying his own army, hoping that that 'll kill the people if, that, if we had seen like civilian cities there where he had, where he was trying to destroy all of the universe and, and ended up destroying his own world, including all those civilians, that would have been really cool and then you would have you would have gotten that where we we feel like the um, the the dark elves are actually like a civilization that have something to fight for, yeah. and while at the same time adding so much more weight to what he does at the beginning. Yeah, because Malaketh's um,
3: kind of one dimensional, you know. He's oh, just totally. Like, he's just like, yeah. but,
2: but Loki, two and then sided. There's,
3: and then there's a look, there's a villain, Loki, where it's like he is more death because he has two sides to him. Yeah. You know. Oh yeah. Whereas Malaketh's just like, I just want to destroy everything, and make things dark. Me.
2: Yeah. But then, but the way they solve Malaketh, because in the comics he's like straight down the down the middle he's black on one side and he's just silly looking like he looks like a clown um so the way that they solved that of getting him smashing a face with a lightning bolt and then giving him that badass
3: scar i thought that was cool and breeze on the show too yes oh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> sorry I, you know um i you know what I, I was i was uh after the movie i you know i really didn't have a lot to say because i i was just i was happy i saw that movie um you know seeing it at the Alamo the trailers from the beginning and just getting into that whole mode of of you know that whole universe was was just it was just the experience of seeing that movie there and um i say that it, you know the you know that movie just had when i saw the look of that movie i'm just like well by the end of this movie i'm going to end up getting this on blu-ray <laughs> you know this yeah. is just the way the visuals were um, the, the you know the comedy you know, I, I, I would I would never expect I, I would never to see that guy wearing, not wearing pants in the conference. Yeah, yeah, yeah uh, scars Skarsgård but, is hilarious. But, but that but you know the movie was funny. Um, I, I really don't you know have have too much criticism for this movie. I mean, hopefully, um, only thing that I say though is um, in this movie they made you know Thor a strong character. I, I just don't really feel like everyone else in the next movie has a strong a background as this movie I, I have more of a feel for thor i didn't I, I i seen the iron man movies i seen the other you know different movies and i just didn't get that same um you know i didn't get hyped up as much as as when i when i saw this movie because you know this movie makes me want to go back and you know read the thor comic books and and do all this stuff but um yeah. I'm, I'm curious on how um everything's gonna turn out um at the end i mentioned to brad i was like well you know was that uh was that thanos well, I went on um, IGN, and that was the Collector at the end. Well, he yeah. said his name was the Collector, but basically, you know, I, I listened to the backstory, uh, did some research on his backstory, so, um, you know, that's I all. I did, too. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. He's what, one of the on, first cause...
0: beings in the world, and he goes around and he collects dangerous objects to keep them from other people, and uh, so for whatever he might need them for. So if he collects a Fantastic Four, maybe he needs a Fantastic Four to fight something for him. Or um, with the, and you know, I was, I was thinking about it too, I was driving home because this is the stinger at the end. So uh, if you don't want to hear it, uh, the Infinity Gems, remember the Tesseract is one, and then also the the Ethereal is one. So they're not going to be actual gems.
2: Yeah, because- that's what was weird, because when, when he said that about like, well, we already have the Tesseract on mm. on Asgard, so keeping two Ethereal Gems in the same place, I was like, whoa. whoa, whoa. That it's not There are infinity gems. I was like, wait, the Tesseract is not an infinity gem. That's a different thing. But they're they're clearly gonna Maybe tie them craft together and something into yeah, they're a gonna they're gonna pretend that the that the infinity gems are actually made of. of Remember different when the Infinity Gauntlet from, was in the first Thor though? It's yeah, like in the background. I I would really love to talk to Kevin Feige about that at some point because he, like, I my suspicion is that. Marvel always knew that Thanos was going to be like in that first arc, um, especially by the time they got to Thor, and that basically that was probably just like overzealous set decorators that were like, wouldn't it be cool if in this room we had the Infinity Gauntlet? And then when they cut the movie together and, and Feige and the producers saw it, they were like, whoa, 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 whoa you can't show that. Well, we haven't made know, that in this universe maybe yet. Maybe
0: if when you put on the, the gauntlet, like, the energy from all of them goes into the gems. Yeah. yeah. And so that's how he gets... Because, basically, uh, Thanos' thing to get that is he wants to kill people because he's in love with death. Yeah. So he wants to kill millions and billions and trillions of people to to please her. So it's it's an interesting... Yeah. Thing. And so, yeah, the Collector's an interesting character. I was doing research on him, too, in the comics. He... Kind of looks like Benicio del Toro. Right, right. He's like some old dude and <laughs> yeah. um, really bizarre looking.
1: When, in one of the Very comparisons, though, without having you know without the other characters having the backstory, I think I think Thor's uh, backstory is more expansive because it's showing all those realms. If you have you know heroes that originated on Earth, you know their story can only go so far. But people, mm-hmm. you know, characters like Thor and Thanos, it, when they start you know releasing those movies, uh, I think those movies will be more expansive because they have just you know so much um, so much background. Yeah, but not not taking anything for you know all the other movies are great, but I think the two greatest superhero movies I've seen has been Thor and uh, Superman, uh, Man of Steel.
2: Mm. Yeah, to me it, it feels more like, and it's part of why I love Thor so much, uh, and it and it is my favorite Marvel movie is because they're they're more dramatic and and you know it. That, that character is defined by his relationship with his dad and his relationship with his brother. And I don't think that any of the other characters, you could you could say that the as Star much. Starship is not looking I, so I good. I love, um, <laughs> yeah, he's worn out. Um, technically, that's a clone trooper.
0: It is a clone trooper.
2: <laughs> um, but anyway, I yeah, I, I think he's great. One,
1: one thing I wanted to say, though, is uh, when I was watching the movie, when when Thor was uh, kind of blew off that one girl from his home planet, I was just like, man, oh, yeah, you know, I would have uh, hooked up with her. But the, <laughs> the, 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 the the thing about the thing about that, though, I think um, each of these superheroes, though, um, they they do try to make it um, where they are involved with some kind of Earthling or whatever, because you know, if they if they didn't have any love for any of the human beings, they'd be like, you know, forget it. I yeah. don't care what yeah. happens to Earth. I don't, you know. But when they have loved ones down here, they're just like, you know, I'm gonna. And fight I think you
0: hit something right. I think uh, Thor is a protector of Earth, and I think he has feelings for her where Odin.
2: Yeah, he doesn't care. He's like, whatever. What a what a great scene when he brings Jane Foster in and she's sick, and Odin's like, I don't care. Get this goat out of my (laughs) lobby. Like this is not. I don't give a shit about this person. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And I feel bad. I I wish there were more Sif in this movie too, because I think Sif is badass and like. Especially there's that one scene where, like, she she Darth Mauls her sword, right? She's going to fight those dudes, and then they cut away. And I was like, no!
1: Well, in, in the at the end, I actually thought uh, Sif, when they showed that whole collector scene, though, I thought Sif was going to betray Thor because I thought she kind of felt like, oh, uh, you know, kind of bad. Still kinda, slighted. But, but no. Slighted that he didn't hook up with her. Oh, I would hate that. Yeah.
2: Because I, I, think, I think what it is is that they, they added more Warriors 3 into this movie um, so that we get to see, I don't know their names, but, like, we get to see the... Uh, the dude... Learnin', burnin', burning, and sternin'. I don't... <laughs> that's my hot You don't check. know him either. Um, so, I, I think because they added more of those, they were like, well, we can't have as much SIF as we did in the first movie, but... I just... I want a SIF movie. <laughs> and uh, you
0: know what? I'm going to say, too, I love just seeing a superhero movie in November. That is yeah. awesome.
2: Oh, yeah. And uh, next year, it'll be Guardians of the Galaxy. That's the reason August, though. The reason why this movie is so Star Warsian is so that we can be ready for Guardians.
0: So what are we seeing? I didn't know what comes out next week.
2: Uh, so next, oh, shoot. I was looking at it a second ago, and then I didn't, um, I think. Do you know what we're seeing, Brad?
3: we we'll go to we'll the worldners.com and look at the
2: schedule. Uh, no, because you even told us yesterday that you don't know what, oh, I think it has to be Nebraska. I wrote a no. town. You don't want to see Nebraska? <laughs> no. Um, oh, it's on, uh, of course, I don't have it pulled up. No, no,
1: definitely well, not James that. is
0: looking. I want to thank Bree for coming on the yeah, show again. We appreciate thank it. Uh, mm-hmm. Thank you, Rocky Mountain Con, for having us here, having lots of fun. Some good cosplay going on. Appreciate yeah. it. You can't just type in realnerdspodcast.com and type. You have to search for you know, uh, it.
2: It's how 50K. I search yeah. the Internet, okay? Oh, man. She's and amazing. if you like, like
0: comic books, we just put up our interview with Ben Templesmith. Lots and lots and lots of fun. Um, oh,
2: yeah. Uh, we had fun with him.
0: We were worried that it uh, – Undecided. Oh, it is see, undecided. See, <laughs> I told you
2: it was not going to be on there. So yeah, next week is is either Nebraska or the Best Man Holiday. Oh, Best Man Holiday, boom. Um, or there actually, we'll 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 find something small in India that goes. Well, I don't know why. I mean, so is Nebraska, but
3: yeah. we could um, go check out the Stars Film Festi- the Denver Stars Film Festival, see what's playing there on Friday. What do they have? I don't know. I heard it, we, uh, could uh, go. on
2: Friday. What are we doing? Uh, well, no, oh, the, Stars the
0: Stars Festival. Film Festival. Yeah, week, apparently yeah.
3: there's a huge, you know. The biggest film festival in Denver right now, and yeah, we're totally ignoring it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. We'll figure it out. <laughs> we'll figure yeah, it we'll out. Tweet it, we'll, we'll tweet it out. We'll see some movie next week. Yeah, no, no we'll tent poles this next week. Yeah.
2: yeah, I mean, I want to see Nebraska. Alexander Payne. Hmm. Anyway. Bye. 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 <laughs>